Attention nerdy nights, join Flo, Anders, and me, Colleen, at the well-rounded table for Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. From that Star Wars galaxy far, far away to Outlander Scottish Highlands, we consume it all. Listen along with us each week as we explore the stories that mean so much to us. Bohemian Geek Studies is available wherever you get your podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello and welcome to Recent Activity, your new favorite entertainment review podcast that attempts to cover every film, every show, all at once. I am your co-host, Andrew Morgan. With me, as always, are two men who recognize me as their primary user, Shane Beauregard. I'm your friend to the end. Nope, sorry, different movie. Different movie. <laughs> oh, is it though? And Chris Frodell. Acknowledge, my name is Chris Frodell. <laughs> He's reprogrammed. He's so much better. New year, new Chris. That's it. <laughs> uh, we're going to have fun today, guys. We are probably right in all our wheelhouses, which is terrific, as opposed to, you know, some of the uh, more prestigious stuff we've been doing lately. This is going to be an all-horror episode. We're diving back in. We're going to review the latest horror movie that is killing it at the box office right now, Megan, uh, that came in, came in at... $30 million domestically over the weekend. That's a huge haul for Blumhouse and James Wan and crew. And then after that, we're going to do our top five most anticipated horror movies of 2023. Most likely with at least one of them, probably not going to happen in 2023. Because that is the state of movies right now, right, guys? It's like really you just hope and pray that things come out and, you know, they have all their graphics together. <laughs> Oh, my God. Get your stuff together, okay? Yeah. Let's make 2023 a better 2022. Yeah, that makes sense. That sure. makes sense somehow. Sure. Somehow. Yeah. No, I agree with Chris. Like, let's go Let's go ahead and get this <laughs> year rolling. But like you said, there's always, uh, well, there's always a couple of surprises we don't know. There's some movies that aren't listed that gets kicked into the year. And as you said, there's a couple of movies that uh, are supposed to come out and never do. So let's just hope for the best. Yeah, I mean, we're flying on the sea of our pants. We have a solid five that's actually six, so we're already off to a good start there in the notes. And then, of course, we find out that the Meg 2 is coming out in 2023, <laughs> baby. So, you know, yes. would that have made the list? I don't know, but it's directed by Ben Wheatley, and it that shocks the crap out of me. So I'm already off tilt. I'm already uh, out of sorts. So why don't we dive right in, guys? Let's get into Megan with a three, which is not a third installment which is going to get weird if they make a trilogy but let's just run with it guys all right we got megan that came out over the weekend as i mentioned this is a blumhouse atomic monster james wan production also with its lead star allison williams uh as co-producer as well this is directed by gerard johnstone who uh, directed Housebound, which I haven't seen, but you guys are, well, especially Shane is maybe a tick more of a horror fan. Have you seen Housebound, Shane? I have. It's very forgettable. Okay. <laughs> Good start. Well, um, depending on your mileage on this person as well, this is written by one of the most up-and-coming, I would say, screenwriters in horror right now, Akila Cooper, who co-wrote Malignant with James Wan and uh, co-wrote this as well with James Wan. James Wan had part of the story, and then she wrote the uh, screenplay as well. As I mentioned, this is starring Allison Williams as Gemma, 
Violet McGraw as Katie. Yes, I thought the whole time it was KT, like as a K and a T and an IE. Uh, no, it's Same. a C A D Y. So um, I might have to knock a half a point off for that. I don't know, guys. We'll get, <laughs> we'll get to the grades later. Um, Amy Donald as Megan, Jenna Davis as the voice of Megan, and Ronnie Chang uh, from The Daily Show, uh, comedian as David, uh, the boss of Gemma. Uh, aka Allison Williams. Also, I don't know if you guys feel this way too. Every time I look at Allison Williams with her hair down, I just feel really bad for Jennifer Carpenter. Do you guys have that where I'm just like, it's too okay. close, and I think she got retconned because Allison Williams is just younger and was in Get Out. Is that about right? Very good observation because I couldn't put my finger on it, but now that you said it, I think it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if there's going to be a reboot of Dexter, you know, apparently Allison Williams is just going to scoop that right up. You know, after what was it called? Fresh Blood. What was it called? Oh, uh, Dexter yeah. update. Uh, whatever. Still haven't seen it. So because uh, who has Showtime, right, guys? Nobody. Good. Nobody. Okay. All right. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not even as an add-on on Prime. No, it's ridiculous. Nobody does nope. it. Shouldn't even be available. Um. <laughs> This movie is doing quite well, like I said already, at the box office, but also kind of critically as well. 93 Rotten Tomato score, already certified fresh, I believe. Uh, 72 Metascore, 6.7 IMDb, 79% Rotten Tomato score. If you were to tell me that the critics like this better than the audience, I would have told you to shut the hell up. But yeah, apparently that's kind of the way it's going. Um, 3.3 Letterbox. Um, this film is about a robotics engineer at a toy company who builds a lifelike doll that begins to take on a life of its own. Uh, like <laughs> Shane alluded to, when I saw the trailer for this, I was basically, okay, it's Chucky 2.0. Okay, I get it. And <laughs> in a lot of ways, it kind of is. But what I liked about the movie, and I'll, I'll start us off, I guess, is just it has a lot more to say, and it's a lot more plausible, especially in the era of AI, that... I was riding with this movie, and I had a good time. Shane, how'd you feel about Megan? Uh, same way, man. Like, it knows what it is uh, in the movie. doesn't try to be anything else. It has great social commentary between who's parenting your kids these days, technology, or the parents. It's easy to let your kids, and I, I'm guilty of it, too. Hey, go play your computer. Go play your Roblox. Yeah. And K- KD in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Mentions the fact that how much screen time do I get? And the aunt was like, as much as you want. Like, I'm not going to cap you. And right. that comes back to Biter. But I had a lot of fun with this with this movie. And I wasn't thinking so much child's play as I was deadly friend uh, with sure. this movie. Because yeah. the one thing with Chucky, which we'll get into the weeds in this movie. Chucky, you're always thinking in the back of your head, well, if I had to, I can punt this little bastard like 60 yards downfield. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's small, yeah. sure. Right. Megan's made of titanium whatever titanium so she yeah. could actually just kill you <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah so she was more of an opposable threat i thought but like you i i'll get into what i didn't like but overall i was riding with this movie i enjoyed it it was funny in parts i'll save my negatives for later yeah and actually uh another thing i liked as opposed to maybe the the chuckies or the deadly friends they admitted that there was like an R-rated version of this. This movie's PG-13. I actually liked that they held back or like kind of stayed away, especially early on and let the finale be the big, you know, assault, the big reveal kind of a thing uh, for how Megan moves and how bad she can really get. It escalated nicely. So 
I I know they said that they might have an unrated cut or an R-rated cut from the original script that uh, Akilah Cooper said is much gorier with a higher body count. But I actually like the fact that this one held back, had some restraint, and really kind of amped it up as it went along. Chris, what did you think of Megan? I uh, I liked it for the most part. Uh, I thought it could have been amped up a bit because uh, I was going to say it had that, oh, it's going to, the hammer's going to drop now. Right. Uh, the hammer's going to drop now. You know, there's a lot of buildup. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's this eerie feeling like the Megan's going to turn at any moment. Right. And when that doesn't come, you're kind of like, hmm, okay. But then it makes up for it towards the end. Sure. But, uh, yeah, overall, I when I first saw the trailer, I'm like, uh, okay, this is this going to be a little, little goofy, a little crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, having the same feel as Malignant, yeah, which I did not like. Um, <laughs> I thought it was fine, and, which is a weird position to be in, I understand, because you either usually hate yeah. that movie or you love it because it's so crazy yeah. and you're into it. I was kind of on the fence, so yeah, weird, yeah. weird spot but, to be uh, in. <laughs> but it was pretty good. Uh, yeah, uh, I just was waiting for the reveal that um, Allison Williams' character was going to turn out to be a robot herself. <laughs> <laughs> she does play like this very, you know, you know, she plays the smart and kind of just, you know, doesn't want the family like this kind of, she's not abrasive or anything. She's just kind of, no, she doesn't have a ton of personality. And it, it, she's she, even keel. Yeah. She's like a regular engineer type where it's like, I care about my work and I don't care a lot about people and family and other things and just do the bare minimum. Right, I thought she was very detached. Is what I thought. Just detached, exactly. sure, un- unemotional, and like again, we'll get into it. But like, what happens to her sister? You're like, man, like you're not even shedding a tear. Like she didn't seem to like, yeah, care right. whatsoever. Like you said, Andrew, like she's one of these uber smart people who just get lost in their work and is just very detached. So yeah, yeah, and when you're in the middle of a project too, you can definitely have the blinders on too. I I bought everything. I mean, the, I think the strength of this movie is that. Allison Williams doesn't have to do much or carry it really to make this a plausible thing that really works. I, and to go on with what I was saying before about the the lack of violence or, or something they pulled back, I think that also helps because while I thought Megan was impressive as like kind of like a CGI person mixture, I'd like to actually see a behind the scenes of like how that worked. But yeah, the scenes when she's like in the woods, like they Ugh. show in the trailer, and she's like has to go on all fours and she's chasing people. Like that looks a little dumb, a little cartoonish, and whatever. And the movie doesn't have that tone a lot, so I thought the less that you have to see her actually do stuff, I thought the better. Where it's like implied violence or just enough to where you're like, oh, this shit is crazy with those dead eyes, or you know, <laughs> and just yeah. go with it. So. I thought that's where the movie worked. I'm not going to sit here and say it's on the elite level of some of the stuff maybe we saw last year or anything, but I enjoyed myself and I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't hesitate to probably see a sequel. Although I, I, I almost want to give a spoiler or like so early, but I will say this movie sets up not only the possibility of a sequel early in this movie, but also as the movie ends where you could see, that they're opening the door. And I read on Dark Horizons, I believe, um, on a story from Deadline that said that they're already in early development on part two. 
So I don't mm. know if they had this in mind, thinking they had this thing in the bag. But what a weird release date for something if you had super confidence in it. Um, because this is the first movie, I think, to get this high of a domestic box office in its first week in in the first week of January. I think they said in decades. Right. So oh, wow. it's a miracle movie right now. So I don't know if they just saw the way uh, you know the box office has been going, the way these movies have been spread out. You know, like we've been complaining, like at best you get like one good movie to choose from. It's going back to the eighties now, which is not terrible. It's hopefully good for us. You know, and maybe everybody actually went to the movies and saw this thing, and they'll tune into the podcast. But you yeah. know, it's interesting that not only did this movie seem well planned out in its release date and its marketing and everything else to where it's successful, but now it could be a franchise. Would you be signing up for a franchise, Shane? Yeah. And I'm curious when we, st- when we talk spoilers, cause I picked up on a, the perfect way they laid the sequel out towards the end of the movie. We'll get in with that character, but sure. yeah, I would love to see another sequel of this movie. And I was discussing earlier with someone, and I'll make this quick is that as horror fans, I feel like horror fans get two seasons where most movie fans get one because we have October, September. But usually, like you said, studios usually release movies they think are going to die in January and February. And the bulk of those movies happen to be horror movies. So we have the beginning of the year and the end of the year. And again, this is probably the best January release I've seen as far as categorized as a horror movie in quite some time. Yeah. But even this, I feel, is like early because a lot of times they save the uh, the ones that they really think are going to hit for like around Valentine's Day because that's like kind of the all you know alternative programming stuff to whatever it used to be where it was always you know some kind of romantic comedy or whatever to try to get mm-hmm. bring in those audiences. Then all of a sudden it turned into well we're also going to have a horror movie because. You know, not everybody's into rom-coms and a date night thing with a horror movie is that, oh, you get close because you're scared, blah, 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 whatever. Or you're just into them. And they ended up working. And I remember right before the shutdown, uh, The Invisible Man, which is also a Blumhouse thing. And I don't know who produced that, too. That might have been part of the team that made this movie, too, I think, at least production-wise. And um, that came out. I think in February, right before everything shut down in March, because they tried to align that with the Valentine's Day period. So I don't know if this one will have the legs to get all the way to mid-February and still be kicking around. It might. But mm. honestly, you know, it has a chance. But we'll we'll talk in a minute about some of these other ones. It seems like it's nothing but horror the next few weeks outside mm-hmm. of like a few... Like one maybe Oscar straggler and then like maybe an action movie here or something where it's just a very different thing until we clear out for Ant-Man Quantumania, you know, starting. I think that's what, mid or late uh, February? Late February. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's a very weird time with the box office, but they're taking advantage for sure. Did you guys have any like scenes that stuck out for you? Because the only ones that i wrote down outside of the ones that maybe set up sequel stuff is uh that presentation scene in the middle is just like not a dry eye in the house on top of the fact that this is setting up just you know after like a potential you know i think maybe the first murders were happening already and then that happened so it's incredible um that scene because it like was getting to me i'm like sitting in the movie theater alone and just yeah uh, it was incredible. Did you guys have any 
thoughts on your that scene or did you have like a favorite scene in the movie there i will say uh when the uh the therapist comes to the house mm-hmm. it, it's like it's maybe a week after uh she's had katie yeah and i was uh, cringing that yeah. whole scene <laughs> i i was like give her a chance you know like i'm i'm defending allison williams yeah uh, because I feel like she's not even in the groove yet, and this woman is being judgmental as soon as she goes through the door. Like, do you have toys for her? Oh, do you want to roll a ball to her? Oh, do you even want to interact with her? It's like, are, are you kidding me? Oh, I know. Her parents just died. And listen, you know, and I'm, it's just, I'm a man child with collectibles too. And when she took that knife to well, that box, it fucking hurt me. <laughs> I was just so yeah. mad. But uh, no, like it, it was just like whatever she answered, whatever she did. The therapist was like, Mm-mm, I'm writing that one down. Yeah. No. Yeah, she could no. do no wrong. I'm like, I'm like looking oh at her God. house. I'm like, this is the best situation for this kid she could possibly have. I'm like, yeah. why are we questioning this? Oh, she has to learn how to roll a ball with her? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> that is not, and, not good at all. And that's the thing. What if I, I suddenly came up to you, Andrew, and go, guess what? You have this dog. You have to take care of this dog now. And you're like, I'm not prepared for a dog. Yeah. What do I get a dog? Yeah. You know? I've never dreamed of having a dog. I have cats, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, but, uh, but at least I can no, roll she a ball with like, that one pretty easily. <laughs> that is true. That it, And look at him go. Look at him go. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was I was getting a little uh, perturbed by that one. Yeah. I was just like, listen, lady, you're, you're, know your audience. Yeah. And not a spoiler, but also, Allison Williams, fix your fence. Fix your fence. Yeah. Are you that busy? <laughs> fix your fence. So I don't think the hole in the fence is gonna deter the dog no it would from coming just through. go around or it's do gonna whatever. go around yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah and if the shot collar doesn't work all that yeah it's dumb yeah um shane did you have any uh scenes or anything that stuck out for you yeah a lot of them actually when you mentioned the presentation um uh, that whole scene got to me a little bit yeah the the bully in the woods scene i loved yeah and the whole third act i i really liked like you said, it just culminated in the last like 20 minutes. I'm like, oh, I was, I was all over that. Yeah. But what I was talking about, uh, and I won't spoil it unless you want me to, but the way I thought they set up the sequel, whereas you have a person who works for the CEO yeah, doing something undermined, and I think it's what he took from that company is going to set up perfectly for a sequel. Absolutely. Yep. That's, that's where I was I, like. I wrote that down as soon as it was going. I was like, yep, they already set it up. Th- th- there's a sequel. And what I kind of didn't like is I don't like when movies foreshadow stuff so early in the film because when they introduced Bob, I was like, well, Bob's going to come into play later in you this mean movie. Bruce? Bruce, sorry, Bruce. I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's going to come back into play. Yeah. yeah. And I like Bruce. Bruce was cool. And I, I like that, that whole end scene. scene. Yeah. yeah. That whole yeah. scene was great. But yeah, no, uh, that's it. Those scenes stood out for me. So absolutely. But answer me this Who the hell is spending 10 grand on a toy for their kid? Um, I, well, listen. Hmm. Hmm. When, it, <laughs> That's the only part I didn't believe. There are a okay. lot of rich families. It'll be a very have, have and have not. But if you figure, right, if it's something that is completely interactive, like they said, if it takes away all of their toys, think about how much you spend every year where if, you know, if that was the thing that's all the kid needed, which, by the way, is never anything for a kid. They always need something. But, you know. Yeah. But for this to be so all-encompassing for a long period of time, because the age level isn't just like a couple of years, it could grow with you. It could go as far as you need it to be. So True. 
if you could go on a payment plan where you're paying, I don't know, a hundred bucks a month for like five years or ten years, whatever, and you're and yeah. it's under warranty and you got the whole thing, it's it's actually not that bad if you think about it. It it'll sell because I train a lot of clients, so I know would buy their kids this damn doll. Yeah, and oh, yeah. they would oh, yeah. they, they they wouldn't bat an eye of dropping ten thousand dollars straight up for something like that. But like you said, yeah, you you'd loan it out like a car. You'd make monthly payments on it like a car note. Absolutely, and I true. And this movie, I thought the most impressive part was that the script actually felt not only plausible, but I liked the kind of commentary on AI and the fears of AI that you get through here. They're very they're not like super deep, but like. It, this is what I fear. I see all those things from what is like Boston Scientific or like some of these other companies that where they have fully functioning robots that can jump and do all these things. And you're like, all I see is the Terminator. All I see is this fucking dying, you know, like T2 Judgment Day where someone put in the wrong code or has the wrong thing. And we're all just, you know, burning up on the playground. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Did you? Did you catch that uh, that little Easter egg of uh, when they were training uh, the Megan doll and they're like shoving the the stick to try and throw her off balance? I don't think so. I did. Yeah, yeah. It was that little training montage of like you know getting getting her up to speed. Right, right. Yeah, and yeah. he had that uh, that prod and he like pushed her to the side like they did with that robotic dog. Yes. Like uh, uh, thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was just like, oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I liked little things like that. Yeah. So like I was saying, like it, it, this is a movie that easily could have been dumbed down, or ultra violent, or some other version where I didn't enjoy myself, but I enjoyed myself. So I can't complain. I think it's worth people's time. And I don't know if you guys yeah. want to put the uh, the grades out here now, so we can kind of do that, and then maybe a quick little spoiler thing before we get into uh, the top five list. But uh, Shane, do you want to kick us off? Maybe give us a grade. Sure. Um, straightforward. I'll give this a 3.5. How about you, Chris? I will say a three. Okay. Yeah. And I'm somewhere like right around there. I, I think on my, probably when I left there, I was like three and a half, but I'm like, is that a smidge too high? But no, I, I think it's probably <laughs> right. Cause yeah. again, it's in that it's not elite, but it was a lot of fun and it's probably worthy of having a franchise set up. Even though I was like, isn't this just Chucky? I'm glad that it isn't, just that right but i wonder right. when they start amplifying maybe and pushing these sequels i don't know if their strategy is going to change i will say they reap the benefits of the pg-13 because i will say a lot of the audience that i was sitting around a lot of teenagers a lot of teenagers so yeah my daughter my daughter saw it oh uh, yeah and she's 12 and she's 12 what she so think? i asked i asked her if she liked it she goes yeah it was okay but it was boring in a lot of parts so wow. I think she was going for the harder edge. <laughs> right. I don't yeah. know if that speaks volumes as me as a parent, but uh, yeah, I think she said when it, the, she loved the end of the movie, but it was like everything in between. She's looking for a little more action, a little yeah. more stuff yeah. to pop off. You can tell her me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was weird when Shane's like, what'd you think? And she was like, I don't know, a three, three and a half. What do you think? Yeah. Dad? <laughs> <laughs> Can I use that? No, Dad. No, no, that's my score. <laughs> it's but so no, weird uh, that you like were... you said, Andy. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna say, Shane. It's so weird that you were just like, I don't know if she should watch Stranger Things, and it's like, all right, here comes Megan. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Father of the year. 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, Chris? Uh, I was going to say, along with her and you, Andrew, uh, I, I am uh, hoping that they show us the uh, the unrated or the, uh, the R version. And uh, maybe you can see if I, I like it better or if I think, you know, the version that we're seeing here that we're reviewing uh, is the better of the two. Yeah, I would watch it that way just to see. Because, yeah. I mean, again, I don't want to spoil every scene, but, like, there's only a few that were, especially before the third act, where there is opportunities to get a little darker, a little more violent. But yeah, I think there's other extra scenes that just straight holy got cut out. So right. we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what ends up there, or what ended up on the cutting room floor. But, yeah, I would watch it just to see, you know. Um, and by the way, Kudos again to Universal, who seems to be crushing it uh, in this like post-pandemic era of like all these things that they just held back or they knew what they had with a hit, didn't take it straight to Peacock, easily could have been, and they know now like that horror sells. And if you have either a particular star or a particular premise that seems either in the franchise zone or familiar or something that seems like it has legs. They're really good at evaluating that, and I think uh, they've done a really good job with putting out stuff and and really balancing it out. So good on Universal for that. Um, Now that we've done that, let's do a couple minutes on on spoilers before we get to it. So if you haven't seen the movie and you've been hearing us talk about it, you know, fast forward a little bit. I'll try my best to put in a timestamp so maybe you can move right to the, the top five after we do this, but... I will say for spoilers and stuff, I'll go right to the what Shane was saying. Like, yes, I believe the assistant to uh, Ronnie Chang's character, David, that guy clearly set up the initial sequel stuff as far as like selling trade secrets and they're going to make, you know, someone's going to beat them to the punch because Megan flamed out on this side and they're going to be like, oh, we can always do it better. That's a clear thing that everybody tries to do. Also, It'd be interesting if, you know, Megan's still being online and Megan has to fight Bizarro Megan, essentially, <laughs> you know, and have a fight. That would be kind of fun. But the only other uh, version of this is I want to kind of talk about how it ended where we're- Elsie? S- well, first of all, I want to talk about Allison Williams. Okay. Do you think, because they don't show it, you think she's going to jail? I think she Ooh, should. Someone has to. Someone she has should, to. Yeah. She made a murder fucking robot and let it loose. <laughs> Untested murder robot kills yep. the neighbor, kills the dog, kills a bunch of people. Plenty in the, of proof. Yeah. A lot of dead bodies, yeah. and she's the one who's responsible for creating it. Yeah, she may have <sighs> taken it down, but she should be in jail if this was real life. Yeah, I didn't think about that because I was like, well, the CEO, the the dead CEO would probably the one be more responsible for that because she did try to shut it down, but she did create it, uh, I guess. But a lot of those things transpired before she tried shutting it down, too. Right. So, I agree there. And I was going to say her uh, cohorts, uh, if they keep mum, then I guess, uh, you know, she can skate. Yeah. Plus, you know, because they're with her. So they can be accomplices. Right. She wasn't in that building when the, most of the murders that were probably caught on video, you know, with actual yeah. proof happened. But again, she is the creator. So, you know, I don't know. Mm. I think she would go to jail. But 
I could see them skipping over that, it. and now, you know, I don't know if I'd be on board in a life where it's like, oh, no, she just got off scot-free. Ah, here's the sequel. She goes to jail, so Katie has to go to Florida. Uh, f- yeah, Florida. 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 Yeah, yeah. Florida. <laughs> yeah. She got a Florida. Um, she has to go to Florida with her grandparents. Right. And the new robot seeks her out. Or the new robot goes on the market and yeah. her the grandparents get her one and she goes, <laughs> has like PTSD yeah. shit from that stuff. And then or her friend, hmm. you know, she makes down in Florida, has one of those dolls and starts fucking killing people in the neighborhood and she's like, I told you, these things are crazy. <laughs> One can only hope. Yeah. I mean, what? No, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of intrigue with that. I, I would definitely sign up for a sequel. You guys kind of in that vein, too? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Maybe there's, maybe there's like a ghost in, the, ghost in the machine kind of thing of uh, Elsie at the end kind of like moving. Yeah. Before the screen went to black. Yeah. Um, Her consciousness is in, in the cloud, so she could just upload. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because uh, she got into everyone's phones. Yeah. She got into David's phone. She got into, uh, was it Cassie? Cass- uh, her co-worker. Yeah, Got sure. into her phone. Yeah. I don't have no, it So, me, you yeah. know, she imp- she sounded just like them, and uh, she could still be out there. Yeah. No body, but still a consciousness uh, floating around in the cloud. Yeah. You guys have Whatever anything that else is. that uh, is sticking in your craw? Something else that uh, just bothered you about it at all? Because I didn't really have it. Not a lot of notes. No, I don't. Because, again, I wish it was a little edgier. But you kind of talked me off the roof just a little bit on that. Because I'm like, okay, I could go for the same tone again in the second one. I wouldn't mind it being ramped up just a little bit. I don't want a hard R, but just a little more action pop here and there is my only negative. And you could keep it PG-13 just... Get a little more scenes in there where shows are going roughshod on people. Yeah, it's all about blood. If you don't go like too crazy with the gore, you could probably get by. But right. you know, who knows? And and we'll, I think they'll probably test to see if they release some kind of unrated cut on Peacock only or something like that, where people will be able to kind of evaluate Maybe. and see what kind of traction it gets. But right. I don't think it needed it, honestly. No. Uh, but. With any sequel, they usually do kind of amp it up. So it's always on the table for that. Um, but you guys ready to get into the top uh, five? Let's do this. Let's All do right. It. All right. Top five most anticipated horror movies of 2023. We all kind of made our top fives, and then I did my uh, point system to kind of narrow it down to uh, the five. There are some ones that we'll probably put on for honorable mention, mostly because we boxed Chris out of most of his picks. So he will be able to to speak on some of those. And as I mentioned, yeah, it's a top five, but what would a top five be if we didn't have a tie that we get to put six in? Right, guys? So Right. That's true. It's all about cheating. Um, and like <laughs> I said up top two, I'll start with number five, because uh, this movie, I don't know if it's going to make the end of the year, like maybe like the, like that September, October uh, period, because it's currently in production, but I have high hopes because Ty West works fast. Um, but number five is Maxine, um, which is the third installment in the Ty West Mia Goth trilogy, where Maxine, who was the only survivor of the bloody incidents of X, a movie that we all kind of liked last year, 
continues her journey towards fame to be an actress in 1980s Los Angeles, of course, bringing back Mia Goth. Um, the teaser trailer uh, is out for this with a drone shot over the what used to be the Hollywood sign is now the Maxine sign with Animotion's obsession playing over it. It worked for me, and I believe that tra- uh, teaser plays at the end of Pearl, right? Or X, yes. one of the two, yep. right? I think Pearl. Yeah, I think that's Wasn't right. it? I don't know. Now that I say it, I wonder it if it- It plays at the end of something. Yeah, it's one of the Ty West ones. They play it at the end. Um, but this movie is only at number five because I'm the only idiot who chose it. Are you guys straight up out on Ty West? Shane, I would have thought you, of all people, would have maybe had this no. one up there. No, no, no. I'm actually more interested in this, and I and I didn't see Pearl, so I can't say that, but the surviving character from X does draw my interest more than the Pearl prequel. So this did make a list, but not my top five. So I am interested in this movie, but we'll mention other movies after this, but it, I couldn't get it past another movie I had in my top five. But I am intrigued in this one more so than Pearl. What about you, Chris? Uh, I saw both X and Pearl, and uh, they're two different movies. Um, For sure. X being, you know, the 70s feel slasher that I believe on here, I said that it was basically, it ramps up in the second half, Mm -hmm. but the first half is like, okay, let's build these characters. Sure. (sighs) (laughs) Um, But then uh, Pearl came out, and it just felt like it, it... I don't know. Like it tried to feel like Dorothy and, you know, she's bored with her life on the farm in Kansas. Sure. And uh, she dreams of Oz. So it was like that kind of allegory. Right. So I was like, it was all right, you know, but I wouldn't say it was horror. It was more like, you know, suspense drama. Yeah. So I have nothing, no no guesses as to what Maxine's going to be, if it's going to be like, I don't know, Boogie Nights Part 2. Right. You know, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. I I don't mind Ty West, but I don't think he's as great as people make him out to be. I, I think he works well with a low budget. Yeah, and, and I think that's part of the reason why Pearl got made, because they shot those movies back-to-back, you know, had one location that they can use a lot to make such a low-budget movie. And oh, yeah. this one, I think... N- needed those first two to be successful enough to get greenlit and it seems like obviously that's the case and the interesting thing is that because x is such a 70s homage to like the texas chainsaw and things of that nature that this movie being set in the 80s los angeles i wonder what tone they're going to strike what maybe homage or or things that they're going to do for that and i think already setting the tone of like where it is and the obsession song and everything else kind of sets VHS. a certain tone of just a lot of cocaine and VHS. Yeah, totally. Um, and obviously yeah. with the three X's, you know, it's, she's going to shoot for the moon, but get talked into more porn or however it goes, or maybe that's where she was going. Anything to be a star. It's this desperation character between what Pearl was. And then obviously where Maxine picks up that mantle in X and sees where it's going to go for Maxine. But I'm into it. You know, I, I like I'm a completionist if I'm anything. So I need to see the end of this trilogy, even though it's uh, loosely done enough. Um, but I'm into it, especially uh, I grew up on 80s horror. 
even though I have a, an affinity for the 70s ones, I probably watched mostly uh, 80s horror growing up. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but I'm looking forward to it. Moving on to number four, this is our tie where we get to do shenanigans here with the two different choices, not even really linked at all. It just uh, happened to <laughs> to land this way in the uh, in the scoring system. This is a tie between Skinnamarink, which uh, releases actually this Friday in limited release uh, and lands on Shutter later in the year. Um, this is about two children who wake up in the middle of the night to find their father is missing and all the windows and doors in their home have vanished. This has seemed to gain a little bit of traction. I wonder if they're rushing the release date because of this issue, but I heard that there's a glitch on one of the online film festival screens and the movie was downloaded and spread like crazy, um, causing it to go viral on a bunch of social media sites <laughs> uh, and you know, so now they kind of pushed up the release date, but like I mentioned, it will go to shutter uh, soon. I don't know how uh, what what that schedule looks like, but we'll see. Um, but this movie has a very creepy, again like home video esque kind of trailer, so it'll just you know make the hair stand on your head, uh, on the back of your neck, whatever. And uh, I heard from uh, some podcasters and film critics who have kind of seen it and put some of the vibe out. They're saying it's kind of on the level of if you got freaked out by Speak No Evil, this one's close enough. Mm. So you guys actually saw Speak No Evil. So what what does that make you feel like, Chris? Does that because this was your uh, pick that got it on the on the list here? So what about Skinnerink does it for you? Okay, so when looking up the horror movies of 2023, my picks were basically based on uh, posters alone. Right. And this has uh, a weird upside-down hallway with a child in front of a door that's creaked open. Yeah. And I'm like, and, and by what you described in the uh, byline, whatever you want to yeah. call it, the description, I'm like, you got me. I'm in. But when you told me it's said to be like that, man, uh, I don't know if I want to put myself through that <laughs> right <laughs> again. Yeah, but uh, I'm game. I'm game for it because uh, you know I'll watch anything, and if you keep my interest, then high marks for you. Yeah, and I think uh, to your point about the poster and kind of maybe some of the stuff with the trailer too, it kind of almost gave me a little bit of like uh, the poltergeist kind of feeling with the with yeah. the color scheme and stuff In like front that. Of the so, TV, yeah, sure. Yeah. So. A little bit like that. A lot more low budget, of course. A little different vibe, of, of course, because it's not like this Spielberg-produced shiny object. It's way more grimy and all that. So it'll be, uh, whew, it'll be interesting. And Shutter, you know, probably had like a minor hit on their hands with Speak No Evil, where that was on yeah. uh, Shutter uh, for a long time. I don't know. Was that considered an original? Did it go there or no? So I think it was. In the foreign market, and Shutter picked it up. Right, I, I think that's how it happened. Yeah, I don't know if it was like so. A I don't know. I don't know if it's considered. Yeah, Shane, did you uh, happen to catch anything on the Skinnerink stuff? Were you into it? It wasn't on your list. I know it, it wasn't on my list. I didn't even hear about it to be honest with you. Oh. Um, right. Yeah, I, I really didn't. But based on your description, if it's like a Speak No Evil, I, I don't know, man, because that movie just. <laughs> 
again, I had a shower after that movie and I didn't feel right for a while after that movie. So right. I, I, I don't know, but you know, I'll give it a shot. And if it gives me that feel, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'll see this one through, but no, I did not. This was not even on my radar when I looked up horror movies for 2023 for some reason. Yeah, and I'm the guy who didn't even watch Speak No Evil because of the description everybody gave it and everything <laughs> else. So I'm just, I was just out on that. So I think the only way you can probably get me to see this movie is if I do go to see it in the theater. Because at least I hmm. can't be like, nope, too much for me, turning it off, out of here, you know, whatever. I think I would have to be surrounded by people you know, grip the chair and just go with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just just tr- be like, uh, you know, Clockwork Orange. Somebody, like, pries bro- <laughs> yeah. open my eyes and just keeps me there and gets me all the way to the end. So we'll see. We'll see how Skin and Ring does in limited release before it's on Shudder later in the year. The tie, yeah. though, was for Shane, one of Shane's top pick. And, yeah, of course we're all going to see this movie just out of morbid curiosity of anything. This is Cocaine Bear. Uh, This movie comes out on February 24th in the U.S. This is inspired by the 1985 true story of a drug runner's plane crash, missing cocaine, and the black bear that ate it. This wild, dark comedy finds an oddball group of cops, criminals, tourists, and teens converging in a Georgia forest where a 500-pound apex predator has ingested a staggering amount of cocaine and gone on a coke-fueled rampage for more blow and blood. This is from the writer of the babysitter sequel, Killer Queen, and director Elizabeth Banks, who is making the rounds. Uh, she, of course, was is a well-known actress, but, of course, she has directed uh, multiple times before to mixed results. Pitch, Pitch Perfect 2, yay, Charlie's Angels, you know, the newer one. So, uh, but I also. I I liked it. All right. All right. So maybe Shane is just all in on the cocaine then. Take a line and and give us the juice, buddy. What did you Uh, like about Cocaine Bear? Why was this so high on your list? I'll tell you what. If I had a screenplay in me, this would be my movie. This is what I would have written. (laughs) This is what I would have directed. I saw this on Facebook. I I saw someone post a trailer, and I swear to God, I thought it was like a fan made trailer or some fake movie they wish came out. Yeah. Until until I hit play, and I'm like, holy shit, this yeah. is probably the best movie I'll see all year. I and <laughs> let's talk about the cast. The cat. You got the husband uh, wife duo of Kerry Russell and Matthew Rise. You got Han Solo in here. You got uh, Ice Cube <laughs> Junior in here. It's a good Ray Liotta. It's a Ray good Liotta. cast. <laughs> it's a good cast. Yeah. And the trailer was to me. It made me fucking laugh out loud. I was all in on it. I again. This is if any other movie said Shane. It's this movie. Yeah. I'm and in. The tough part is though. Don't in, shake your in, head, in, Chris. In, well, in different people's <laughs> hands or different cat, whatever. If it's not taken with just enough class or budget or whatever you want to put there this movie is like a red box original or something where it's like just straight to home video nobody sees this movie and it gets like a word of mouth i think because horror is doing so well at the box office in the last few years it's one of the the non superhero things that works that man they just greenlit the shit out of this thing and especially with elizabeth banks you know doing the tour 
you know, pitching this story and really getting people into it, I think it's going to make a solid amount of bank. I was going to say, Chris, sorry, before you jump in here, I'll make a prediction right now. This is going to be number one at the box office for at least three weeks in a row before he gets knocked out. Wow. Strong words, sir, considering did you look at the release date? It's going up against Quantumania, so you're going to be wrong. Well... We'll see. <laughs> so I'll take your money. In I'll spirit. Take your money. <laughs> what I should have said, yeah. I'll take your money. Sure, yeah, it's a good bet. Yeah, uh, yeah no, sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Chris, One-sided. Chris, this wasn't on your list, but I'm sure it's in your heart. What are you feeling about Cocaine Bear, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. We were talking about it off air. Uh, what's the equivalent nowadays of uh, bad movies that are going straight to video? You know, yeah. uh, We don't have that anymore. Everything streams. So when you said... It goes straight to Redbox. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's like the this lowest is equivalent. one of those. Yeah. It is. It is. It's something accessible to everybody that you know. There's no uh, prestige. It's like, guess what? You can get it for a dollar change <laughs> right there at the old Walgreens. Yep. But uh, no, listen. It looks funny enough. Yeah. But I hate the fact that they probably showed too much. I think so in too. this trailer. But they had to. And I think. But that no, all you have to do is say cocaine bear and just like have the logo just being snorted up in into the air. Yeah. You know? And people will be like, What does that mean? I have to see this. Yeah. You know, it's like just play to it. You need the bear um, in action a little bit. Yes. I guess. I maybe just the the uh that part in the trailer where uh you know he's on the other side of the door and he just closes it gingerly like you know the bear didn't see me uh-huh. and the bear bursts through the door yeah. uh with him underneath it. That's all you need. That's it. Yeah. Bam. Come yeah. see Cocaine Bear. Yeah. Uh, man, I just need but- merch for cocaine bear like right now i, I gotta look to see if like it's any probably of available i'm sure there is go to t public or yeah. t fury or something anything with a t yep. i need a t-shirt with a cocaine bear on yep. it um i already love the the memes coming out i sent you guys the one where it was uh Posse <laughs> bear is the cocaine bear yes uh already yep. love that waka 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 <laughs> I just want to see him doing blow and then his like bow tie starts spinning around or something or his hat with oh, steam. Just something cartoonish. I need it all. I need all of that in my bloodstream. Um I, I I'm in on this movie. I'm I'm all the way in. I'll see it. I I'm it's it's gonna happen. I, I just like that right. uh, there were laugh lines in the trailer. I needed that too. I needed to where it's like, oh, you know, bears don't climb trees. It's like the fuck they don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just like those kind of things. Um, so that kind of stuff. And I think it's well casted, like Shane said about everybody there. I do feel bad that instead of Blackbird, that Ray Liotta's last thing will be Cocaine Bear. But whatever, you don't get to choose it. There's a lot worse examples over the years uh, of people's last movies not going well. Um, shout out to uh, yeah. Raul Julia, who had mm. Street Fighter so as the last Fighter. one, I believe. Yep. Um, or Chris Farley, you know, with uh, Wagons East or any of those other examples that you can pull out of your ass. But um, yeah, Cocaine Bear, I'm all the way in. Um and we'll see. I think Elizabeth Banks is that right person. I think she's a good like leader here, a good face of the franchise to really get this off the ground. So I'm in on the cocaine bear. Um, yeah, all about the cocaine. But the one I'm uh, definitely in more, especially now that there is a teaser or maybe slightly more extended trailer on this, Infinity Pool is number three. 
This is Brandon Cronenberg's follow-up to 2020's Possessor. Uh, this is about James and M. Foster who are enjoying an all-inclusive beach vacation in the fictional island of La Toca. Uh, when a fatal accident exposes the resort's perverse subculture of hedonistic tourism, reckless violence, and surreal horrors. Um, part of the reason why maybe people didn't see Possessor as much is that it didn't have the cast that this movie has. Because we're already sitting here, Alexander Skarsgård is your lead, and then, hey, the new queen of horror just happens to be in this movie. Mia Goth is also in Infinity Pool. And with the uh, Cronenberg legacy, there's already like uh, the poster or the photos that they released um, looks like this body horror stuff or this creep factor that definitely leans Cronenberg lineage. Um, so I am looking forward to this. This is going to have a limited release in the U.S. on January 27th after premiering at Sundance. And I think that Infinity Pool might be one of the rare midnight movies for Sundance that will play online. So if you want to do the Sundance online and try to get those tickets, online tickets early uh, before it sells out, I believe they're going on sale the 12th. So that's at the end of this week. So to me, Infinity looks, Infinity Pool looks terrific. It looks creepy. It looks right up my alley. Uh, Shane, have you seen anything with Infinity Pool? I think this was on your list, right? It was, it was high on my list. It was like number two. And I, I read the description like you just read. I was like, huh, this might be like Club Paradise meets Eyes Wide Shut. Until I saw the trailer. <laughs> and I'm like, nope. It made the hairs on my arm stand up. I'm like, yeah. it doesn't give a lot away because you don't know what the hell's going on. No. But it looks unsettling. And that's all I need to know. I, I'm like Chris. And I gave Chris credit off the mics. I'm watching teasers if I have to, and that's it. I don't want to see anything more. And yeah, yeah. this registered very high on my list. And I, again, Mia Goth, I love Alexander Skarsgård. Those masks look fucking oh. disturbing. Oh, yeah. so uh, 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 I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, this wasn't on your list, but, uh, you know, no. are you feeling anything on this one? I am judging the posters and, uh, <laughs> Brandon doesn't have what his dad has. Ah. No, um, <laughs> no, I don't think I've seen anything from Brandon Cronenberg. Um, well, Possessor's but, like his uh, big movie. So if you haven't seen Possessor, then you haven't then really gotten it. the experience. I, I haven't but seen him. the apple hasn't <laughs> fallen far from the tree. Shane, did you see Possessor before we get too far? I, I did not. I have not seen Possessor, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was on my list for a long time. I believe it's playing on Hulu right now, so you know that might get fired up oh. uh, real soon before right, go. we get to Sundance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go watch it now. No, um, I I gotta say, uh, you know, having a uh, 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 dad like David, you want to be like, hey, I can do it too. Yeah. So you know, you can you can make your attempts, and uh, you know, if it doesn't work out, hey, you're not your dad, but if he can make a, a solid effort, then good for him. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, for either the podcast or by your guys' uh, encouragement, uh, I may just go see it. Mm. Who knows? Yeah, man. You know, I'm always up for it. If you need uh, to be there arm in arm, clutching each other just to get through it, That's I'm right. with you, buddy. We could we could take I'm care scared. of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fake like Hold I'm scared me, just Andrew. to get yeah, that extra nudge, yeah. you know. So don't yep. leave that empty seat between us, man. We'll we'll we'll, we'll cuddle it. up and get through <laughs> nope. it. 
Um, nope, we sit side by side. <laughs> but I am. I'm. I'm. I'm jazzed. I'm jazzed to see Mia Goth in something else besides you know the Ty West stuff too. To see where her career is going to kind of lean, especially doing something still in the same genre. To see what kind of career she's really going to have. But she looks great in the trailer. Um, an effective performance in in a small batch. So I'm in. I'm in on Infinity Pool. That's number three. Number two, no shock, uh, Scream 6. Uh, you got to follow up with the franchise. We uh, we gave pretty solid reviews of uh, the initial uh, comeback tour here with Scream 5. That was, uh, these are the same directors and writers from Scream 5. So we're continuing over uh, in this next installment, which sees the survivors of the Ghostface killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City, this stars Melissa Bar- Barrera and Jenna Ortega, of course, from the last film, along with Courtney Cox. Hayden Pentieri, coming back as Kirby Reed mm. from part four, is in there. Uh, Dermot Mulrooney and Samara Weaving as a yet-to-be-named role. So that that intrigues me to see where she's going to land on that. Uh, this premieres in March uh, on the 10th of March. I'm in because I had a good enough time at the movies for for Scream Five. I didn't love it, but I had a good enough time. And I the the tough part will be is I think the the characters that I liked the most in Five are gone from this one. But I it, it I will say the the teasers. I love all the posters with the subway map with ghost faces uh, face done in subway map. Uh, any of the posters have looked dope for this one um but of course any lifelong horror fan or at least a horror fan who grew up in the 80s and 90s uh has to be scared anytime you see one of your favorite killers take manhattan so this is gonna be Uh, uh, you stole my line uh, i know i'm sorry man (laughs) it was either jason or the muppets uh it can it can either go really well or really badly um depending on your taste but yeah oh god make gonzo uh ghostface yeah, man. Listen, I nice. I love all those I'll things where it. they tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I love all those things where they say this movie, but with Muppets. And I love everybody saying that there should be a Knives Out sequel with Muppets <laughs> and Daniel Craig. And I'm all about it. I fu- I fucking love the idea. I think it's incredible. But Shane, because I, I stole that's your line, the only one that really works. It's possible. Uh, Shane, I stole your <laughs> line, buddy. So I'll, I'll let you. Uh, take the reins on Scream Six. What do you What are you looking forward to with that? Because this was on your list. Yeah, it's high on my list because I, I like you. I had the same sentiments as Scream Five. I liked it well enough. I do like this franchise. Uh, I like every installment, some more, some less. But I entertained by every Scream movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes, even the third, even the third one, I enjoyed that. So you know, this is straightforward. I love the cast. I want to see what's what role Samara Weaving is. Uh, being cast into because she's one of my favorites. Yeah, Ready I love not, her. Just set her up a yes. whole other level for me. After I loved her in the Babysitter, so yeah, she and, she could uh, do no wrong with the horror genre. And I loved her in Guns Akimbo. Uh, I I just I just like her on screen presence. So uh, I saw the trailer for this as well. And again, it's straightforward. I'm I'm on board with the Scream Six series. So we'll see. Yeah, Samara Weaving somehow just more spunkier Margot Robbie. Uh, where they yes. play, they play with that in Babylon. She's in Babylon, and they share a scene together, 
um, where where Margot Robbie kind of steals the thunder of Samara Weaving and she loses her shit. It's very fun to see them both in the same scene. So um, whether you want to see a three-hour and eight-minute movie about the silent era into the sound era is your own thing. But that scene, uh, if it makes its way onto the internet or anything else, I definitely recommend checking that out because I do like her a lot too. Uh, Chris, this was not on your list. So did five not do enough for you or is the early stuff with the trailer and stuff here not doing enough for you what why didn't it make the list it's funny because uh i think the first squeam yeah the first scream the squeam yes i don't know uh well something's wrong with baby my mouth talk tonight. now the voice squeam <laughs> i love <laughs> so much <laughs> i love squeam um the first scream was you know the the first self-aware you know, the uh, movies are, you know, brought into real life yeah. and mimicked and, and done all that. And they did five movies of that in some way or form. They did five of them. Yeah. Now here comes the sixth installment. I'm just like, okay, we get it. You know? Yeah. Oh, no. You know, I'm going to tell you what's, you know, what's going down as it's going down. <laughs> You know, I'm so much smarter than you. Right. Especially the last one where they were saying, you know, uh, they introduced the idea of elevated horror. Mm -hmm. You know, I love the Babadook and, you know, stuff like that. Right. I'm just like, okay, all right, we get it. And how many times can these people be skewered, you know, attacked and and brought back for each sequel? It's just like, oh, my God. Now I know why Nev Campbell was like, no, I'm out. Yeah. Forget it. The, the new crowd, let them have fun with it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it introduced me to Jenna Ortega. So it's it'll be interesting as to where they go mm-hmm. with these characters. But um, I think they placated to a lot of the audience in the last one. Right. Um, with bringing back the originals and, you know, doing what they did with those originals. But, you know, it's not high on my list. But once again... I'll probably see it because of either this or just out of curiosity. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll see it because I've seen all of them. I'm going to keep up with it, of course. Um, I also liked when they did Scream 5, and I would love it if they did it again, where they actually had special screenings where they had an after, uh, like with interviews and did like a whole panel yep. thing and everything else. So that was kind of cool. Um, I, I haven't seen that. I don't know if they're going to take advantage of like, well... We're, it's not during COVID, so screw you. We're going to do this the old-fashioned way and just show you a movie. But I would love it if they kept up with that and really kind of, you know, service the fans in a different way. Especially you're telling someone six movies in, say thank you. Because there are many times where you could have jumped off the tracks and not gone back. So the fact that Scream 5 was successful is uh, the reason why this movie's getting made. So that's awesome. Uh, You're right. Seeing Jenna Ortega take her momentum from 2022 into 2023, especially this early, is uh, solid there as well. And I just love the the thought of, like, woof, Woodsboro. Too much for me. (laughs) Small town. Let me go to New York City. No murders there. I'm just going to just chill. I'll just be another face in the crowd. It'll be great. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see how they get people there. Uh, especially if you're saying that Courtney Cox, Hayden Penitieri and, 
and all these people from the past are also still mixing in. So I'm wondering how everybody gets to the party. So we'll see how that works. But enough with Scream. Enough with all these. Let's get to number <laughs> one. Uh, this was a consensus number one between the three of us. This is a movie that's coming out in a few weeks on February 3rd. This is Knock at the Cabin, the latest M. Night Shyamalan directed thriller uh, about a girl and her parents who are while vacationing are taken hostage by armed strangers who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. This is starring Dave Bautista, Rupert Grint, Mindhunters, Jonathan Groff, Pennyworth, Ben Aldridge, Nikki Amuka Bird, Abby Quinn, and more. I didn't want to see the next trailer. I was trying to, again, we're all starting to, to assimilate to Chris's uh, whims and, and wishes where I was like, the teaser was enough. It got me in. Yeah. And uh, I happened, I went to go see Megan. And of course, you know, what's the, what's the last trailer they show you is the updated one for Knock at the Cabin. And the only thing I could say, even though I didn't want to catch it, the more I see, the more I'm I'm locked in. So I'm hoping it doesn't do what it did where I was like, yeah, old is going to kick ass and I was disappointed. Um, so, you know, M. Night has that on you where it's either going to be this elite thing that's like, yeah, fucking M. Night. Or if it goes bad, you go fucking M. Night. So <laughs> it's a tough, tough balance. It's a tough career to kind of parse through. But when he's good, he's good. So, Chris, knock at the cabin, buddy. Yes. This was your number one. This was all our number ones. Why are you into it? Um, because of the mystery involving it. Yeah. Uh, when I first saw that trailer, the the first trailer, the only trailer I am going to go see, uh, that I, I saw, it left me curious. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to be. That's it. I don't want to have any inkling. I don't want to have any uh, preconceived notions going in. I I'm one of the few people that goes into an M night Shyamalan film and tries to shut my brain off and just enjoy because yeah. I'm not going to go into a movie and try and guess what the twist is. I'm not going to say, well, here's what I think I'm going to go. Duh, <laughs> let's watch movie. Yeah. Let it wash over. And you. I, I pretty much enjoy it. Absolutely. And as I said to both of you uh, in the past, I am not an apologist. I like what I like, and with M. Night Shyamalan, I feel a lot of people, since The Sixth Sense, try to figure it out. Yeah. They're, they're doing their best Benoit Blanc and <laughs> yeah. trying to figure it out, and, and it, it loses its fun. I think the only thing I'm missing uh, from his filmography is old. Mm. Uh, I just haven't watched it yet. Right. And... Um, I think with this one, I'm curious. It, it almost seems like a, a one one setting kind of story. Yeah, that it, it doesn't, you know, kind of. Hey, let's go outside the cabin. Let's go over to the city. Let's find out what's going on over there. Sure. It's like no, it's one setting, and let's let's sit and figure out what what's the truth and what isn't. Yeah. Absolutely. So I, I'm intrigued by the same thing, the mystery of it all. The It's a great conceit. Like, I just love the fact that it's like, do this or others die. And yeah. and it's just, it's straightforward. And it's kind of, 
you know, and it's not, it doesn't look like it's going to be this gore fest or this torture porn. Like, it's not the Saw version of that. It seems like it has a little more uh, edge to it in, in a different way, like you said, a mysterious way. So, to me, that works a whole lot better. I love seeing uh, Batista in here just kind of be this nervous, intimidating guy, you know, them bringing the weapons in there and everything else. I loved everything about what I've seen in the trailer, so I am definitely into it. Shane, this was also your number one, buddy. What are you thinking about? Yeah, um, I, we could do a whole freaking episode on M. Night Shyamalan because uh, I have such we a will, love probably hate. when it comes yeah. out. <laughs> I have such a love-hate relationship with that guy, and... But like you said, I just yeah. saw the original trailer because when I was watching Megan and I saw it pop up, I pulled a Chris and I was like, la, 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 <laughs> until yeah. it was over. So I missed that trailer. I'm intrigued by the mystery. I'm on the Batista fucking train. Whoop, whoop, let's go. I it, It's unsettling. I love the mystery around it. But I'm going to have to just disagree with Chris a little bit because I get made fun of because most of the movies I like, I say, take your brain out and put it here. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> but I think with M. Night's movies and other murder mystery movies, your natural thought for me is like, hey, not to say I'm going to try to figure out the twist, but I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And it never takes me out of the movie. It's sure. part of the fun. It's part of the fun of watching that movie for me. Yeah. So okay. um, I, I'm in. But with M. Night, it makes me nervous. It really, really does. Yeah. Because I watched Old, which is on Apple Plus. Um, I actually... <laughs> yep. it, I thought I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I'll just put that out there. I thought that yeah. was a decent M Night movie compared to the uh, the last movie he did, um, Glass. But we won't get into that. So <laughs> I'm hoping he kicks. I'm sorry, it back. I didn't see Glass either. Yeah, I'm hoping he kicks it back up with this one. Sure. So it, it it yeah, there's a lot of mystery surrounding it, and it has me guessing, and I don't know what this movie. Yeah, so I'm all in on this movie. It's uh, like Batista, like you said, has such a just uh, uh, presence on screen, the way he has that pitchfork shovel thing yeah. in there. And if that was me, I'm like, I'll do whatever you say, Mr. Batista. Just, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know. So, but I yeah, love I'm that all he's in. like nervous and sweaty with the glasses and everything. Like, it's just this interesting look. It's just enough to offset that he's just this mammoth human being. Right. But also, Rupert Grint? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, okay. Um, yeah, d- I, different role for him. He's branching out. He was in um, Cabinets of the Curiosity. He was in an episode of that. So, yeah, you know, he, yes, he, that's he, right. Yeah, he's branching out a little bit more. So it's good to see. So I have my fingers crossed because this comes out in February. And it's probably the next big movie I'll see in the theater outside yeah, of plane. Maybe he's taking uh, <laughs> a, uh, a you know a few pages out of the the Radcliffe book just a little later, where it's like, yeah, I'm known for this particular thing. And if I'm if I'm going to break out, maybe just do bizarre. It seems to be the playbook of not only Radcliffe, but, you know, look at where Elijah Wood went after Lord of the Rings or look at where Tobey Maguire's gone post Spider-Man. You know, there's a lot of like just stars where you just get so well known for something and it could swallow you whole. And I like that they go into like just let's get nuts. Let's get weird. Let's pull the, uh, you know, the Michael Keaton uh, Batman quote out. Let's get that. Uh, just let's get nuts. You want to get nuts? Right. Um, <laughs> I just want to, you know, scream that every time I see him. But I think it's a good, good avenue for him. So I'll take it. We'll see how much of a, of a piece he is with this movie. Because again, we haven't seen a whole heck of a lot. But 
I, I'm in. I, I like the limited location. I like the the suffocation, the claustrophobia of just this one cabin in the woods, you know. And with a conceit like this, I, I'm I'm all the way in. So we could be in store for another solid horror season, another solid horror year, like you've seen with a lot of the dates on these. A lot of them are all coming out in the next couple months, as Shane said that this is kind of like that follow-up to October pocket that the the movie industry has carved out for for the horror genre. Um, But I wouldn't be shocked to see a bunch of these kind of start to either trickle out. Like, if Maxine pops up in, like, October, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, You know, if Ty West gets it all together, we'll see. Um, we do have some honorable mentions. Some of, a lot of them are again probably going to be around this time period, or maybe a, just a few months ahead, or possibilities of again landing in October or being pushed into 2024 or on the table. I will kick off the honorable mentions with Renfield because that trailer has been circulating around. This is uh, coming out on April 14th, so it's still kind of in that next couple months territory but this is more in the comedy horror uh genre with nicholas holt and nicholas cage doing kind of uh this uh this freak out where nicholas cage is dracula and nicholas holt is his you know apprentice sidekick lackey renfield that everybody you know is used to that dynamic but then add in kind of this comedic approach of him trying to get out from under the thumb of Dracula and try to live his own life and and do this whole thing and I I think the trailer even though it looks you know kind of low budget I think it's still very effective and it's very funny in spots so this was on my list but you know in the point system was knocked off by some of uh the other choices so I will give a enthusiasm for Renfield and Shane I believe this was on yours too it was, and this this is what kept Maxine out of my top five, was Renfield. I like right. just the trailer. I fell in love with the trailer. It was funny. I like Nicholas Holt. I like the direction it's going into. And who doesn't like Nicholas Cage uh, hamming it up as Dracula? So, Absolutely. But, and I, I'll let Chris get to his, but he, he has one on his list that I was like, oh, shit, I totally forgot about that movie. Uh, but go ahead, Chris, or go ahead. Well, I can tell you it's probably not Nosferatu, and we'll get there in a minute. It's, um, it's not. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's uh, the not the next one, but the one after. So next one I have on the list is Run, Rabbit, Run. This is premiering at Sundance and starring Sarah Snook. Uh, this was on your list, Chris. So what uh, what did you like about Run, Rabbit, Run? Okay, once again, the poster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, when I saw the, uh, the, mask, the poster, yeah. I'm like, oh, I- Oh, yeah, all I see is this girl with a, a, a bunny mask, a, a paper mask over her face yeah. uh, and nothing else. So I was just like, not that she was naked. I was saying no, no words, <laughs> yes. no nothing, yeah, yeah. just this picture. Yeah. And uh, then looking further into it, uh, I see uh, Dana, Dana Reed, who is the director, mm-hmm. and she's done uh, episodes of Handmaid's Tale and the outsider right with jason bateman right. on uh hbo and uh I, I believe she does uh she knows how to set a a, a mood mm-hmm. so uh when i also read the description it kind of intrigued me to uh to to see what this ends up being right 
but uh you know i i had to add it to my list somewhere and uh then it was bumped yeah this is about uh sarah snook plays a fertility doctor who believes firmly in life and death but after noticing the strange behavior of her young daughter must challenge her own values and confront a ghost from her past so very vague um, they're probably keeping it super vague because, again, it's premiering at Sundance before it heads out uh, into the yeah. theaters. But I I, I really like Sarah Snook in Succession, and I wonder where her career is going to go uh, with that. So I think okay. for that alone, I wanted to see her in something. And in this genre, I think she can do very well. So I will definitely be watching this. I, I I don't know if it's available online for Sundance, but it's one of those ones that I wish it was if it isn't, but hopefully we will see this in theaters soon. Road Uh, trip. Let's go, Andrew. (laughs) Yeah. Hey man, I've always wanted to go. So maybe not this year, but that could be a thing. I already got you to go to New York film festival. So what's another 2000 miles between. That's true. That is true. Uh, the next one on the list is probably what Shane was talking about, which is Salem's Lot. Uh, this is has no release date as of right now. It is completed. The interesting thing about this one is that I'm sure everyone uh, who likes the industry news stuff or pays attention to those sites, WB and HBO Max is in kind of like a odd battle between what's going to actually air in theaters, what's going to be an HBO Max original, what is going to just straight up get eaten alive like Batgirl and get canceled and tossed in the trash bin and become a tax write-off. Salem's Lot is one of those movies that a lot of people thought was going to come out last year. And it Mm -hmm. is completed, and yet we still don't have a release date. We don't know when it's coming out. So it's kind of in this weird limbo, and I hope that it survives and comes out. I think if it you know came out in theaters, I would watch it regardless unless the trailer is just god awful but what i've read i've liked uh it's uh written and directed by gary doberman who uh did the annabelle comes home movie is the only other film he's directed but he's written a bunch of other big time horror movies um so he's just starting to get into the director chair it stars lewis pullman from top gun maverick and shane's uh lovely show outer range that he caught on prime that he talked about on the podcast that's right so uh i am in especially because i've seen little snippets of interviews with gary doberman and he's like um fuck all these glossed up uh you know period piece vampires we're going back to the grit and just get gory and nasty with it so knowing the story of Salem's Lot, and obviously he has the blessing of, of King in, in that regard and everything else, I am interested to see just a full-fledged vampire feast with Salem's Lot. I forgot about it until Chris put it on the list, and because I, I read everything you just said, Andrew, so I got nothing new to add to that. Yeah. But I do like the story. I read Actually, it's one of the few books I can count in my hand that I actually read. So... <laughs> Um, I am intrigued by it. I want to see full-on vamps action, like you said. So thank you, Chris, for putting it on your your list. No problem, buddy. Because I yeah. forgot about it. But like you said, Andrew, I hope they get the feud settled out and where it's going to land. Like, I'll be fine if it's on HBO Max. I would love it, and I would go see it in the theater regardless. So either yeah. way, I'm good to go. Yeah, exactly. Chris, how did this uh, land on your list? Uh basically familiarity uh you know it 
it has been translated before to the screen. Um, it is, uh, I, I'm not like you, Shane. Uh, I, I don't have a, a vast majority of Stephen King under my belt, but, uh, the fact that Gary Dauberman is involved, I think he did a great job with uh, the it. Yeah, he wrote the screenplay uh, for both reboots, of those. Yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he wrote for those, and uh, you know, for whatever flaws people may have uh, with those two films, uh, I think that was a, a really good uh, attempt at translating King. Yeah. So he knows how to do it. He's got history with him. And if he has the blessing of Stephen King himself, then I, I'm hopeful for it. Yeah. Also, I find it funny that uh, I did not know Gary Dauberman was involved with uh, Wolves at the Door. Mm. And I bring that up because I believe uh, when we were doing Barbarian, I came across Wolves at the Door looking oddly familiar. Uh, for the poster, right? Yeah, the, they share the similar uh, person in a doorway, right? Uh, kind of thing, and I was just like, "Oh yeah, that's that movie." Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what update he makes of it. If he changes his up, uh, if he you know brings a fresh look to it, yeah. I'm just curious, really, and uh, that's why I added it to my list. Yeah, I'm into it too. I've read the book. I've seen the, uh, you know, I'm a big King guy. I read a lot of it when I was younger and then have seen any adaptation pretty much that's come across, um, which there's a million. So uh, yeah. I am into it. I'm hoping for, like you said, if he's, you know, taking the chain off and just really going for broke, going gore, uh, heavy gore with the vampire stuff. I agree with them. Like the vampire franchise has been very kind of like tame or mid-level, very, you know, kind of glossy. Um, so it'd be nice to go back to something just, ugh, just frightening, <laughs> you know, go back, you know, just blood sucking crazy. That's what I want out oh, of yeah. this one. What movie that you also had on your list, uh, that Shane will absolutely hate. And I'm not too far off is, um, Nosferatu, uh, directed by Robert Eggers. Um, this is currently in pre-production, so I don't think this is going to land in 2023, but it's probably more 2024, but uh, what did you like about it, or what's your hopes for that, Chris? Because that was on your list. Okay, so this is going to sound really odd, but I'm not a fan of Robert Eggers. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't like The Witch. I didn't see The Northman. But I will say I found a breath of fresh air with The Lighthouse. Mm. The only issue I had with The Lighthouse was how quickly uh both uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe went crazy. Yeah, the descent. You know is what I mean? Interesting. Yeah, it, it's it's too quick for me. Uh, but overall, I was like, okay, I get it. And one thing you will say about Robert Eggers and his movies is he is great visually. Yeah, like he really sets a tone. He really, you know, uh, kind of gets the ball rolling with feel. Yeah. But overall, his execution of of all of it is just like lackluster to me. It, it feels like it falls short towards the end result, and especially with the witch, yeah, the witch, yeah. the witch, the whatever, yeah, um, the V dub, yeah, yeah, the V dub. <laughs> yeah. 
it, it, it feels like it was there was like maybe every other page was missing from the screenplay. <laughs> Interesting. It, yeah. it felt like something was lacking with it. And everyone touts it as being amazing and uh, so atmospheric. It's this, it's that. Yeah. To me, it just failed. And then when The Lighthouse came out, I saw what he was doing. I got it. I understood it. Right. And, you know, it was maybe not a hit with me, but it was more in the positive than the negative. I agree. I'm in the same way where I'm not a huge fan, but The Lighthouse was probably one of the the better ones. But again, I'm not speaking like overtures about it. I, I enjoyed peace right. about it. I think De- Defoe is just terrifying. Um, yeah. He has that look that it's plausible with him of just sheer madness. So I was yeah. in for the most part with that movie. Um, but yeah, Northman disappointed me. Um, I believe Shane, you were disappointed by that as well. And considering you've been just holding your head and, <laughs> and shaking it and just every terrible emotion that while he's saying anything if, nice about Robert Eggers, you're just, you're just out. So if this was a visual medium. Yeah. Uh, so Ugh. we're going long here, but I know you could just, you know, be like, I'm out or however you want to put it. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I, you're out. I'll wrap this up in just like 10 seconds. I, I've matured with my movie going, so I don't <laughs> – you fool me once, shame on me. You fool me twice. He's fooled me three times, so I am out. Like I don't like his films. I don't care how well okay. made they are. He's garbage. His movies are garbage. I wish he would go away. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that he gets to uh, bite at the apple so quickly after The Northman costs a lot of money and it didn't make it. So um, it's interesting to see him rebound in this way. I wonder what kind of budget we're talking about. Um, but I'm interested, especially if it's that same kind of black and white look, like the visual tone that he had with something like The Lighthouse. I'll watch it, but I'm not running out to the theater for it uh, in the same way kind of Shane is because I've been bitten. Uh, you know, so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> but that is the horror outlook as we know it right now with 2023 stands of course our our beautiful detective work by shane to find out that meg 2 is coming out the meg 2 <laughs> um so of course we have something to maybe look forward to later on in the year i'm sure there's going to be a bunch of movies uh especially the streaming ones they don't really forecast them out this well um just see what's going to come out for probably october and everything else uh so we'll see. And we'll also probably uh, look forward to in terms of series and such, too. Flanny will probably ha- uh, have House of the Fall of Usher uh, come out in the October period. And we'll see whatever else. Shane, you got anything on the brain? Real, qu- real quick. So you always ask us what we're looking forward to. I think at the end of the year 2023, we can have a legitimate debate of who is the Scream Queen in the last two years. Jenna Ortega or Mia Goff? Yeah, that would be that would be a fun debate because they are both kicking ass right now and they both got multiple projects in the works. Yeah, that was the conversation we had just last week for our our end of the year awards where they were kind of battling it out for breakthrough actor of the year. So I I agree with you. Um, It's going to be a debate, I think, to come. And who knows? Maybe we'll find that new version or we'll be welcoming back Samara Weaving. And wrapping our arms around that and seeing, <laughs> oh, right, she just wasn't around in this category for a couple of years. And she'll just, you know, drop kick us back into submission uh, with how good she is. But 
Great episode, guys. We went a little long, but I think a lot of people got the info that they needed for an episode like this. Seek out Megan. Check out all these movies that they're going to be coming out in the next few weeks. There's not a ton out in the theaters in that time. We will definitely be doing episodes on, you know, Scream 6 and Knock at the Cabin. The other ones might get lumped into some other episodes or some kind of group thing. Um, that made it sound sexual. I don't know why. But please check out these movies because we will be covering them. And please be sure to like and subscribe this podcast and be with us every single week for more recent activity. <laughs> <laughs>